The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. I saw an ad in the New York Magazine. We're doing a Jewish Ashkenazi study on the BRCA1 gene. We're looking for people to volunteer. And at that point, I mean, so many people in my family uh, have died of cancer. So I thought, you know, there's something more to this. It's not just, it's not just random. So I schlepped my sister with me <laughs> and it happens to be, so we, we both have it. This preventative mastectomy that we both did, it's also Angelina Jolie also had that yeah, same gene. It's so easy nowadays to know uh, what's in your family history. 20 years ago, it wasn't so common, you know? It's a wonderful chaos, random, messy and glorious. Solo or tandem? We work to find rest and fight to find peace. Both head and the heart, like you and peace. What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn is the less that you know. Where the wounded are healers and the atheists pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it uh, we're going to discuss uh, quite an interesting subject, and I think it'll go a lot of different directions. But the the theme of this is she had a mastectomy because six members of her family near to her all died of cancer. And so she was proactive in her life. Mm. And she said, I'm going to take proactive action. And I wanted to like have that discussion with her around how it felt to say, make a decision that may be hard to make, but in her world, what made it so important. And then we'll go a lot of ways. She's been very successful. She's got, uh, I think, a fun backstory. So we'll go a lot of different directions. But so I found uh, Naomi's story on uh, a lot of these Facebook groups, which I'll, I'll dig into. And when I read your story, you know, everyone tries to position themselves a little bit as an authority in some ways, right? And Naomi, what I found was so beautiful, she just sort of wrote, she kind of let her story out there. She just wrote it like, I mean, I'm just going to read a, a bit of this, right? This is the, this is, so she's basically saying, are you interested in having me as a guest? Now, if you were to, I'm going to read what, how she, how she presented herself. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking this is exactly the person I'd want to have, but I can't say that other people would be dying to have this individual on their show. So having a childhood full of tragedies, Naomi got married young just to have a home. She did not have parents to guide her uh, and didn't have her back because of her foolish, the foolishness of youth. Years later, she found herself divorced with four kids, no income or family to lean on. Naomi had to turn her creativity to start a business. People laughed when she proposed to start the Naomi Miami design firm. Instead of letting it bring her down, she used it as fuel to propel herself forward and prove them wrong. She pushed herself hard to get to the top of the design world. She did her first few projects free of charge to get her name out with good reputation. One referral came after the next and she never had to advertise. Now, that was really the story that she kind of put out there. And I thought, wow, like, like even to say I married to get out of the house. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people do that, but you'd almost never feel comfortable enough just to say that it's the truth, but you know, people owning it, people owning it. Yeah. And that, I found that really beautiful. And then, and then she, you know, because in our discussion of getting her on the show, I said, you know, I'd like to discuss something that you had to, you know, overcome. And then she said, well, six of my family, closest family members all died of cancer. And then she decided to take this proactive step. And I said, wow, I'd really like to dig into that with you. So that's how we got there. Yeah. And then a half an hour ago, she called me and said, the show's time doesn't work for me. <laughs> and then uh and then I heard her and I don't know but she sounds exactly like all my Jewish relatives from Boston. So I don't know if she's one of my Jewish relatives from Boston but she's a spitting image of one of them. So I've got to see if 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 she's got the Jewish roots in her because that voice and that that charisma is is I only think she does. it's only Jewish in my family. So I'll figure that out. But we're going to bring her on right now. So you can answer the first question. Are you a practicing Jew? 
Yes, I am. Orthodox <laughs> one. Uh, you're orthodox? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, I love yes, it. Yes, yes. This is a wig. I, I can see now that you yes. say it. It's too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no frizz. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But isn't that funny? All of my, because my dad was Jewish and my mom was Catholic. Mm -hmm. So I had the Catholic part of the family, which was always reserved and always like morally trying to tell me I was bad for masturbating. And then I had the Jewish part of the family, which would like, that would be the first question they'd ask me. Oh my god! <laughs> it's true. Oh my god, that's how funny. Did they, how did you? How did they know you were masturbating? Well, I mean, you're 16 years old. They make the assumption, Bambo. So it's that. But you know what I'm saying, or is that foreign to you? Yeah. No, that that that's a little. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if my family would ask anybody that. <laughs> Mm. Um, but the, the gene that I have, this BRCA1 gene that I have is mostly seen in the, in the Jewish community because a long time ago in Europe, when they're all there, they all married each other. So this BRCA1, it's, so when I, uh, d decided to get a part of this study that I, I, I joined, I saw an ad in, in the, in the New York magazine and it was, um, it, it said, uh, uh, we're doing a Jewish Ashkenazi study on the BRCA1 gene. We're looking for people to volunteer. And at that point, I mean, so many people in my family uh, have died of cancer. So I, I, th I thought, you know, there's something more to this. It's not just, it's just, just random. Everybody in the family, I, there must be something genetic going on over here. Hmm. So um, so I, I, I went down and I... I schlepped my sister with me <laughs> and and it happens to be so we we both we both have it um it's also uh it's also uh this this preventative mastectomy that we both did it's also angelina jolie also had that yeah, same gene her her mother is also an ashkenaz jew uh so yeah so it, it's just it, it's so, just so clustered. you you got this, you got the test done with your sister and then you agreed together to basically do vasectomies. Oh, no, no, not, not together. I, I said, oh. first I was, I was 20, I was 26 years old. Okay. And, um, and when I found out I had this gene and I was like, no, I, I, you know, I, I want to breastfeed my kids. I want to, I, I, I'm like, this is like too much. I'm too young. I, I can't, I, you know, you think about cancer, you think, you think like, older people you know yeah. yeah so i thought i was like yeah i have plenty of time for this now the paperwork suggested that i got from them uh that i go for a mammogram every six months and you know in the beginning i i listened i was like okay every six months i went for the mammogram. then slowly it became a year mm. then so i got even like you know lazier busier kids family this that and then it it, it slowly it became less and less often and the last time I went uh, to like, you know, supposed to go once a year to the oncologist to check you. And he was, he said like, oh, I just, and I was, I was like, uh, I probably, I was probably 40 years old. It was probably six years ago. So they said, so he said, you know, I just had a, um, a 19 year old die on me. He was telling mm. me, he's like, you know, you have to do this. And I was like, Oh, my kids are already older. Oh, okay. You know, like, you know, and, and, and actually because Angelina Jolie did it already is like, it's already like out in the open. It was already like, it became like a, a normal thing that people uh, did it for preventive, you know, reasons. Wow. 20 years ago, uh, it wasn't so common, you know? Um, so I actually did it and, and I, I didn't need, I didn't want anybody's sympathy. I told nobody. I waited for my kids to all be in camp. You know, nobody was around. I didn't need, I, I didn't want anyone to know. Um, I didn't even want, I didn't even tell my sister I was doing it. And we, we both have one mutual friend that we're very close with. Mm. And, and, and she was going through a hard time. And I, and I told her, I was like, you know, she had to go through a surgery. And I said, you know, a few years ago I had this surgery and, you know, you know, you get over, it's hard in the beginning. It's painful. You, it, you know, over time, everything heals you know, and, and go, and life goes back to normal. And she's like, what? She's like, your sister also did it. I'm like, what? I had no idea that my sister, I, I kept it a secret from everybody. And so does she.
and we both had it done like at the same, same genes. time. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, same way of thinking. But I mean, um, wouldn't you have been able, wouldn't you have noticed it if you'd seen one? So how, what have you done? It, like, no, do you, no, no, no. So they, they, they do right away reconstruct it. In the same operation, it's five hours. They remove everything from inside and then they put plastic implants in as a replacement. You can't, oh, wow. you can't, you can't tell. You can't oh, wow. tell. So, um, Oh, I yeah. thought it was like first they. If, I thought there was needed to be space or time between those two points, but there is there is no time. There, there, you you could have you. It's your it's your call. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, he he gave me that option, and I was like, yeah. Why why would I want to go through surgery twice? Let's just yeah. get this over and done with, and and move on. Um, but I, I did so many preventative things just to you know to survive. Yeah. Um, so my grandmother and her sisters and her great grandmother, they all died of breast cancer. So they, obviously I got, wow. I got the BRCA1 gene from, from, from them, yeah. but, but my mother died of melanoma, skin cancer. So, and my mother, um, one day she noticed like a, a black mole on her back was getting, uh, bigger and bigger and, and, you know, like you don't really notice it cause it's, uh, uh it's on, you your, know, back. on your back. So I think it made my father mentioned somebody, uh, somebody mentioned it and, and she ended up dying of melanoma at, at the age of 36 and I was wow. 12 years old. And so as a preventative measure, also, I, I had moles all over, all over the place. I had 10 of them removed also, you know, it's yeah. just, I, I feel like it's that, uh, that instinct for survival and also, um, it's also like the the mama bear protecting her cubs. You know, you have you have four little kids, and I didn't want them to go through what I went through. I, yeah. I had, I mean, after my mother died, my life like turned into like disaster from 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 a, a, you know like a, a beautiful upper class family. Everything was you know like pitch perfect. You know, and. And then it went to, you know, uh, having like real, no real home. My, my father ended up getting remarried. My stepmother didn't want me. I, I went to live with one set of grandparents. Uh, one of them got sick with cancer. I moved to the other set of grandparents. Then another, one of them got sick with cancer. It, it, was, it was just such hardship um, all those teenage years. Um, and I didn't want my kids to go through the same thing, you know, yeah. and, you know, I ended up getting married at 19 because I wanted a home. I, I was, I was like all over the place, a little here, a little there. It was no stable, uh, place. So I just, mm. I, I, I jumped to get married just to have yeah. that stability. And, and when you're 19 and there's nobody watching your back and yeah. you're doing things at no, a desperation. <laughs> no, I, mean, I need to slow you down a bit. Wow. <laughs> We, we, we've, we've pretty much went on a really, really intense journey in 14 minutes. Yeah. Like I'm on a roller coaster right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, whoa. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with yeah. you a little bit. And, and, I, and I want to slow this down in a way that Andy found you because you, you shared a post. Yeah. Mm. What prompted you to write this post? Mm. Like, why was that? Why was that important for you? Okay. So a lot of people assume that that the cancer in the family is just like a fluke. They don't even, they don't even, they don't even uh, attest if it's, you know, if it's hereditary, if it's in their, you know, if it's in their, a lot of people don't even, never met their great grandparents, don't even know their, their family history or family background. There, there's, uh, you know, I, 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 I did that, uh, 23 and me 20 i did the 23 and me and it was like oh you have the BRCA one gene you know like things you need to be careful oh like oh yeah and yeah thanks i know but you know like it's so easy nowadays to know uh what's in your family history that was hidden and not you know aware of you what you come from where you know did you find any relatives you didn't know about <laughs> no i did not i did not I, you know we have a guest on tomorrow who who was basically the the sperm donor gave the same sperm to 23 people which were not known and it was a well-known person in her state so now she did the 23 and me and then he, it, no one at that time knew that this was that we'd have this technology so wow. now she sort of yeah. the, the 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 guy was exposed and now she's got all these oh people that God. she didn't know so that's yeah that that's yeah. possible as well <laughs> I read that once in a while. I go back and I check. I'm like, that no, no new relatives. Um, mm. But it's 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 so easy nowadays. So you could actually be ahead of the game. So so let's say uh, 
uh, I, I still need to, this BRCA1 gene, is it breast cancer, ovarian cancer gene? It's, oh, yeah. it's both. I didn't remove my ovaries yet. Uh, I, I know I have to. I know it's. I'm go. I, I know I'm going to, but I'm just not in the right, uh, you know, r- right place yet. But I, I'm aware to be extra careful. And now that I, you know, I go for for my sonogram to check the ultrasound. It's, it's like it's 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 important to be, you know, on top of things. Yeah. And when you're not aware, you know, you know, so so many people, you know, you know, like you read in the paper. Oh, he he. He had stage four, you know, something, you know, and like, you didn't like, where were, you know, stage four where, you know, why didn't, why didn't you know that, you know, a lot of these things yeah. you could have known before if you, if you would have been on top, if you would have gone through your checkup once a year, you know. I went to go, to go get my checkup yesterday and they took my blood and did the whole thing. And I asked, cause I'm now 50 and I said to the doctor, isn't it time for me to do my colonoscopy thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, actually in the Netherlands, like you aren't allowed to do it by kind of the health system here until you're 55. Oh. So basically there's no, uh, there's no, uh, in the U S these things are often quite, uh, uh, basic. You just do it. But here they have certain protocols of what you can and can't do or what's, what's, uh, What's funded by the uh, right. by the uh, the government or the health right. system? Mm. Yeah, right. Wow. But, but so well, my my message usually out. I, I I usually don't even discuss this vasectomy. Usually when I when I when I, I do podcasts, it's usually um, I I focus on um, making something of yourself after a, a lot of hardship. Yeah. Like so. So I got married to the wrong person, and I and I ended up with four kids, and then I ended up divorced, and then I didn't have any of this family to help me or to lean on or to help give me a break, babysit for a few minutes, or yeah. give me a breather or financial. There was nobody to lean on at all. You know, no both sets of grandparents and both parents all all not alive. So, um, you know, some people like they go through hard times and they just let it bring them down and that's it. And they, they just don't even, you know, they don't even get back up. They just, I mean, it didn't sound like, it didn't even sound like you had, so it helped me understand you're 19 years old mm-hmm. and you see this man who, how old is that man that you meet at 19? So, okay. So now, so now, so now I'm orthodox. So this is a whole different other topic. That, why do you okay. think I'm asking? I'm like, so, I'm like, I want, I see Yentl before me, you know, I want to start singing if I were rich oh. man. <laughs> uh, no. So, so the Orthodox community, a lot of times they get, they get, they get set up. Yeah. Okay. So um, that, like I was saying before, you know, like in Europe, every, that why, why it's, there was so many clusters of, of all these, sure. a lot of different cancers because everybody, all these Jews used to just marry each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no, there's no outside marriage. So that's why so many things are just. Uh, it was not a diverse gene pool. We weren't bringing together a lot of different yeah. uh, strains. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so who was this guy? Yeah. Who was it? Get to the, like, <laughs> how old was he? What was his work? No, you know, so he was 21. One, but he was so yeah so no so oh my my my, my kids uh, are three out of the four are married already okay and also I mean like also we find a girl through uh, you know through we we do we still do that matchmaker thing you're uh, doing the matchmaker thing still today yeah. that could yeah. be another show I could sit on a show with that <laughs> my, my mother tried to matchmake me I told her mom I don't trust you to buy me underwear. <laughs> So back to the guy. So back to the guy. Let's go back there. But you know what? You know what? Like people ask that all the time. Like, oh, like, like when you call a matchmaker, like, like you, your mother knows what you need best. You know, it's like, like, how do you pick a girl? How do you? It's very interesting. Like, if, you know, if, if, for, you know, like for, for my, for my very loud son, I need a more quiet girl because he needs to dominate everything. You know, yeah. for my, for my quiet son, I need somebody a little bit more to, you know, pick him up and, you know, help him out through life and, you know, guide him a little, you know, because he's so shy. And you're saying that you don't want your mother's, you know, to help you buy anything. But the truth is, like, your mother only wants good for you. And your mother, like, knows you better than anyone else. So she kind of knows what your personality needs to balance you out. You know, two two loud people would just end up killing each other. Yeah. So, um so you Funny. Gotta, so, you so, trust but, that but I thought that the Jews, after watching Fiddler on the Roof, figure it out that the arranged marriages are just not. 
I know, no. Bombos, you're not a, you, you, there's no way you saw Fiddler on the Roof. No, <laughs> no way. No, but it happens to be from the, like, uh, from the religious community. It's very shocking that, that, that it's not as big as the rest of the world, the, the percentages of divorce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's much less. It's much mm. less for some reason, you know, so go for it. Well, I mean, I can understand that because I've also felt like the first, you know, I would have said since I, I since I never got married until I was the, the last relationship I had. And even then it was like, it just got married because it was crazy not to be. I would say if I had married each one of the relationships I had, that was over a year, I would have been divorced four times. So and it was only the last relationship, Ronnie, who I'm now together with, where I feel like it's a partnership. And and as you are describing it, I get the sense that this arranged marriage is far more like we're going to be partners in this. And there's something different, a different energy than you need to satisfy everything that I can't, you know, uh, uh, resolve in myself, which is mm. which tends to be what relationships are uh, until people get grown up. Yeah, right. Right. You know, they they. they uh... They make it work. I, I always tell people like um, when they're because now I'm remarried and I I, uh, I took somebody from, you know, like from from my same background. Our, our parents were friends. I said the more when people say like, yeah, opposites attract. Yeah, it might be fun in the beginning, you know, but when one wants to go skiing and the other one wants to stay home and read a book, it just doesn't work. It just ends up conflicting. I, I feel like if you're you, if you have the same interests. If you have the same family background, you know, there's no yeah. fight like, oh, Christmas, oh, Hanukkah, what do we celebrate? What do we do? That yeah. The more you have in common, especially in your background, and it's, this, and, you know, the same way of thinking, um, I, I feel like you had the better chances of you getting along because, you know, it's just like you, you're on the same wavelength. Yeah. With, with or, or you have someone like me in a relationship who always says, baby, whatever you want. <laughs> or what are we going to do tomorrow? Baby, whatever you want. Don't baby me. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. So, so is, is he, a, does he, cause you are very rambunctious. So when you're together with him, will he just say, yes, honey, does no. he do a lot of yes, honey? Or does he, no, do you guys? No, no. no we, we, we're both, very, we're both very spunky. We both uh. have the same, but we both have like our grandma, our grandmothers, our mothers are same, like, you know, Ukrainian, Russian, bubble, mamala, sweet, you know, like, you know, warm, yeah. huggy, lovey. It's just like the same, the same upbringing. And we, so it's just, it kind of, it kind of works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like, like the parents are even like from the same towns back, you know, yeah. back in Europe. It's um, it's a mentality. It's uh, that yeah. you're raised with. You you know you don't realize it, but you take along everything. A lot of things that are passed through, you know, your family. Yeah. You know. You know, I found interesting is that my uh, my niece. You know, so ma, as I mentioned earlier, dad was Jewish, mom was Catholic. So, but and so both of they, them died. But my my niece, who was raised Catholic, she um, just felt more at home with the Jewish religion. So then she interestingly converted back to be to Judaism and she even became and moved in the direction of becoming an Orthodox Jew. Wow. So, and then she then moved, now she's moving to Israel. But the, the curious thing is that it's uh, as you, as you mentioned, it's, there is some uh, it's in your blood. There's a certain connection to it. So it's interesting how, in her, she connected to that, even though she wasn't even raised Jewish, she was far more mm. something that she could connect with, which just she just converted and then, you know, made that her life. Right. Yeah, it happens right. for sure. Yeah. But my, my but most of the time when I do speak, it's just I, I, the message is here, you know, like, it, you know, I, I, I can tell everybody, please be ahead of the game, you know, be, you know, be on top of yourself, be ahead of the game. But but also my in in. In my work, I just like to, sh you know, right now I am like one of the leading healthcare designers in the United States. I I travel all over uh, designing hospitals, rehab centers, nursing homes. Um, but I I came from I, I was divorced with nothing. I I didn't even I didn't even go to college. So having no education and no family, no background, you you, you can still make something of yourself. You can still use your talents. 
and still uh, like people, people don't, I always tell people, God gives everybody something that they can monetize on. You know, if, if, you know, like when I see these girls, they're great at putting on makeup or they're great at hairdressing, make it into a career. You know, you're given this talent for a reason. You know, you, you, people think that they need that rich grandfather. Oh, I can't go into business. I don't have that rich grandfather, you know? And I say all the time, you see, I see in the neighbor, we have plumbers, and yeah. electricians living in mansions, they're doing so well. They're making tons of money. You don't have to have that. You don't have to have that money yeah. in your family. We, we were explaining to, I was telling Bambos the other day that if he wanted to make a lot of money, he'd become a plumber. Because the one thing there's not enough of in Amsterdam is plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> but question to you is, when you are 19 and then you've you've been match made with this man, mm -hmm. um, Clearly, you did have four kids together. Is that right? Or is that so you have four kids together and then at some point it doesn't work. There's just no match. Right. Um, when you now are on your own, I, I, at that point, I'm, not, I'm assuming that you had no background in design outside of curiosity. You, you didn't study it right. or you didn't. So, no. So I actually so I designed my own home. This is how I got into the business. I designed my own home and then. Uh, twice a week, I actually had a Bible class in my house, some lady teaching here. Um, and so I had all these, uh, it was a different group of girls Mondays and a different group of girls Wednesdays, she taught. And I, I volunteered my house. So, but, and then the girls used to walk in and they used to just like start taking pictures of my living room and dining room, wandering around my house, taking pictures of my bathroom. I'm like, what? it's like, oh, you're so creative. You're so talented. You're so, and I was like, oh, okay, thank you. They're like, why don't you do this for a living? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm a stay at home mom. Like I want, you know, Yeah. there was no need, you know? And then when I was at rock bottom with, with, with nothing and I was like, what can I do? How can I support my kids? You know? So. I, I came back to this in my head where everyone kept telling me, you should do this professionally. You should do this professionally. Mm. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I will. So, and, and, and a lot of people like, you know, they, they left and I was said, I'm opening a design firm. They're like, uh, you're going from a stay at home mom with four little kids. You're opening a design firm and you didn't even go to school for it. Yeah. Like, no, you know, I know people that went to design school, but as much as they, can teach you in as many classes as you, you could sit through. Design is like a flare. It's something inborn. It's either you have it or you don't. You know, you see those people, they're well-dressed, they're put together, how they match things that they're wearing the, with the scarf, with the, with yeah, the handbag, it. with the this, with the that. Uh, Not me. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, nobody taught this to them. They just, they have this from in this flare that's inside yeah. of them. So mm -hmm. as many classes you could in design, I feel like as many uh, classes or schools you can go to, if you don't, if it's not within, there's no, yeah. you can't be taught. You can't be taught, you know, it's, it's good taste. It's either yeah. you got it or you don't. In, in some way, I mean, uh, Bambos and I, uh, you know, sh her story often reminds me of your story as well. Yeah. You know, it just because. So Bambos, I'm going to tell Bambos a story because he's not going to talk about it. But Bambos wanted to become a photographer. And he just one day said, I'm now a photographer. And we always make the joke, what's the difference between an amateur and a professional photographer? One calls himself professional. So the only so in some ways, it sounds like like it, it's a, it's like this moment in time where you just said, I'm going to own this. And that's beautiful. Right. That's just beautiful. I mean, I, I, I decided, you know, like I used to. I spent so many years just crying about the past and just saying all the time how unfair life is. You know, it's, you know, why me? Why me again mm. and again and again? Why me? Um, and I decided to just shut that off and just focus ahead. And I turned like onto positivity. Like, so it, instead, and, and I don't even, because I, I used to like, rehash the past again and again in my mind. Oh, I should have said this to my mother. I should have done that for my father I, I, over and over. It's yeah. as many times as I'd rewind it in my head. I can't change it and I can't fix it. So what's the point? Uh, so I just, I, I, I told myself, you know what? Enough about even thinking about the past. I have to just focus ahead on the future. And that's how I like, I turned like just this, all this like misery, you know, 
into like looking at like, hey, my life is great. I have I have four beautiful kids. I, I God gave me this talent that I'm able to monetize on. And, and you know, like I, all my my jobs, I don't I never bother at advertising because they all come word of mouth. So it's yeah. like they fall from the sky. I, I'm so thankful. You know, one happy customer gives your name to the next. It's like it's 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 like mana but, from heaven. Was God there a, was there a point though? Was there a point because you said you know there were negative voices. So at some point. Was it like there were negative voices and then at some point I made a decision or was it just something that happened over time? Do you remember any moment when you said this was a moment when I realized I could go down one path or another and I chose this path? Right. So it's it's very interesting. At at the time when I was uh, getting divorced, the, the, the book The Secret came out mm. and and I... I always do, I, I, I do my I drum on my own beat, you know, I do a march on my own beat. So, um, so I, instead of read, everyone's reading the book, instead of reading the book, I went and I, she quotes like on every couple pages, she quotes uh, all these different people, her sources. So instead of reading her book, I actually went and I looked up these, uh, you know, as the man thinketh, it's written in like 1903 or yeah. 1913. Like the I, Napoleon I, I, Hill book, that yeah, one that's I, I, always- Everything she quotes, I went to look up where she where she took it from. And and it, and all of them were just saying like, you know, like uh, how productive it is to be grateful what for what you have. As grateful you are for what you have, more more comes to you, more goodness comes to you. And I and I said to myself, and I thought to myself, the same thing. But can with we my slow kids. that down? That that you, when you say a gem like that, I kind of like want to let seep it into my my system. Uh, mm -hmm. Just repeat that sentence. The more grateful that you are, the more the more grateful that you are, you attract more goodness. You attract more. Um, <sighs> it's great. What I, I find, you could look at it this way. Whatever you put out in the world comes back to you. So I find you put out kindness, you're going to get kindness back. You put out, you put out thankfulness. You can get a lot of abundance and positive things mm. back. It's the world is, it, I feel, I feel God runs, uh, runs the world in, in a circle, you know? So, and, and I, um, I myself also like uh, I contribute all these projects that I have. Uh, how do I get all these projects? It's just one little me. How do I get these massive projects? You know, other people have this all these staff working for them. Other designers, me. It's just just single me alone. Um, and I I find because uh, I think it's because I I'm always helping other designers. And I don't look at them as competition to myself. So I feel like the, I'm, the goodness uh, I'm giving out into the world and helping these, you know, girls just beginning with no confidence. You know, I, I'm helping them start businesses of their own when they could potentially be, you know, competition for myself. Um, and I'm instead of hoarding my all, all my information, I'm giving them my contacts and giving them samples and starting them off and and giving them phone numbers. Go here for carpet. Go here for this. Go here for that. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it's and uh, and people have asked me like, what are you doing? You know, you're help you're helping your competition. I'm like, there is no competition. There is no such thing. You know, mm. and nobody's going to take away a job that's meant for me. So why not help other people? Yeah. So I, I, and I feel like that what I put out is just comes back to me. You know, I help other people get jobs and, and I get, and I get more jobs. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but that's what really happens. Yeah. You know? I just, I, it's funny because I think I, I live by the same, I feel the same as you do in that. I can't understand like just from gratitude alone and then being giving and supporting and loving and just helping others that, and that, that the joy it brings me. And then it always comes back. It'll come back in ways that are not necessarily directly related to anything I've done, but just by being that way, life gives. And I, I, I totally, uh, I, I, I can connect with that. I very understood much so. it more when I, when I said to myself, like, like, when I, when I put it into this uh, analogy, uh, like God is like a parent, me and my, me, and my, you know, God, we say God, our father. So, um, my kids, when they're thankful, you just want to give them more. The ones that you do for them and they're, mm. they're, they're, they're yeah. not grateful. And they're like, you know, they don't appreciate, I mean, you know, you don't want to do anything for them. Any, you know, it's, it's exactly the same. It's exactly it, oh, it's the same so, as a parent, you know? Oh my God. It's, it's so much so. I, uh, by the way, we, I, I rent a few apartments in the city and, uh, and I have a philosophy that I don't rent an apartment to anyone that I wouldn't see as a friend. 
Like, mm-hmm. so there's people that in one of these apartments, a few people came in and wanted it. And I just said, no, <laughs> just mm-hmm. not, not, not because they wouldn't, but I didn't. So now when these people call, I had one of them call last week and there's issues and they've got problems, but it's so funny. Every time I go there, I feel like I'm helping a friend out and they feel grateful that I'm supporting them. So I, I've just enriched my life because I put someone there that I actually care about. Mm, nice. And, uh, and, and it's weird because people don't necessarily get how what you're saying, how that enriches your life. But if I bring anyone in that feels entitlement and then and then works from that and then and then all of a sudden, whatever I give them, I feel no joy in it because now I'm having to fulfill their the, whatever no they grateful. think. There's no great. There's no gratitude. Thank right. you. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I, I've I've adopted it in so many places in my own life that. And, and and no one understands it because someone, hey, they can be in tomorrow, but you're going to wait a month for somebody that you just like. Yes, mm-hmm. I will wait a month for someone I like, wow. you know. Yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just mm. proving the point that that um, no matter how, how much hardships you have. I, I So I, I went through all those deaths and I went through a divorce and I went through, you know, uh, uh, my mistakes maiming myself just yeah. to, to survive mm-hmm. but you can still you know pick yourself up you can still pick yourself up you can still become a success you know and so many people like they let life bring them down they don't you know get back up they don't pick themselves up they 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 get depressed and you know there's so much you know there's there's so much out there that you can you can change or give a chance to but it's but also um and that people let themselves get down from a lot of rejections. Like, so let's say, you know, like, uh, and, 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 and I, I learned this over time. And when I first started designing, you know, at my first few jobs that I got rejected from that they, I went to other, uh, designers, mm. I would cry and I would get so, you know, like, it hurts. Um, but then I realized afterwards, like, oh my God, I, I, I got just that saved. God saved me because yeah. that was a, like a real like jerk of a contractor who like, who, you know, who was so mean and so nasty. Yeah. I actually got saved all this stress. And I, I, I you, you don't even know, you don't even mm. understand, you know, the rejection is a good thing. Yes. There's something better out there for you. you know, Hallelujah. And how many do you reject now? Because I could imagine there's people that want you to work for them and you just say no. Yeah. So is there like a percentage you would say, yeah. like 30, 40, 50? Yeah, so there is a very big percentage. So I, I, I've now started to, I focused, well, when I first started, I did residential and commercial and I took anything and I needed to you know, support myself. Um, now I could say, you know, I have all these people coming to me all the time. So I could say no to all, all my residential. I say, oh, I have a friend, you know, let me, let me help this girl yeah. out. Let me help that girl out. Let me, I actually give them numbers. I have a whole, you know, all these a people Rolodex. That, I, that I trained mm-hmm. and I helped out and I, I, I refer them, I refer them over to them, you know? So yeah. I, I, I'd rather, um, I'd rather work on, I'd rather concentrate on, on, uh, on commercial I got it. And and I give out all all the phone calls that I get yeah. for a residential. I give other girls numbers out for. Um, yeah. Funny, I feel so like that, it's some and similar. I, and, I, and I and I and I the same thing with the same thing with with vendors. Let's say I, I, let's say if I'm if I'm designing, let's say a hospital, and they need hosp- I need furniture, and I need or a rehab center. I need. <clears throat> Each each project, there's so many people that call me. Oh, I sell furniture. Oh, I sell this. Oh, I sell that. Can you please help me? Can you please use me? There's so many people like constantly knocking on my door, calling me, and I, I want to help everybody. So um, I kind of instead of you know some people they they find a vendor they like them and they constantly go oh you know for this go to this guy for this go to this same they go they they get yeah. comfortable in the people that they're dealing with and they just keep using the same three four vendors over yeah. and over for you know for different things and me um i like to spread the wealth and <laughs> i like to help you know different so one project i'll give to one guy one project yeah. you know also like you know artwork let's say for example we need artwork going down the I have I have ten guys always begging me for work for let's say for yeah, Denver, we had center all the hallways. They need artwork, so each project I'll give one to this guy, then the next one to the next, the Beautiful. next one to the next. I, instead of just constantly just giving it to one person, I I, mm. I try to help many. In, instead of I've got, of I, I'd like to transition to some some other other questions I have. Sure. 
How many wigs do you have? <laughs> my real hair is curly. And but my husband loves this kind of, you know, Does he? straight look. He loves this. Yeah, yeah. He so, so I hardly end up wearing it. I I uh yeah. But how many do you have? I actually have three. That one curly one that's sitting, it actually has dust on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't wear it enough. I, yeah, I actually have. Yeah, exactly. It does have a layer. I'm, it's, not, I'm not, it's not a joke, I'm telling you. It actually does in my closet have a layer of dust on top because it's never used. And then I have two of these straight ones that I switch on and off, depending, you know, you have to get them washed. Um, but, um, but And how I, often do you have to get them washed? Um, it, 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 in the summer more often when it's hot and sweaty outside, I, you know, but, um, but I, I am, uh, you know, truly orthodox. I, my, my elbows are always covered. My knees are always covered. I'm always wearing skirts. Uh -huh. uh, my head, my hair is always covered. And I still look, I think I still look fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> is, so why should it, why should it, why should they exclude one, exclude the other, you yeah, know? Right. No, no. Cause a lot of people like, they think like, oh, uh, orthodox, like, oh, if you're going to have to cover your elbows and your, your, your knees all the time, like you're limited in what you can wear, you know, how, how great can you, you know, you you can even, even like, covering everything you can still it's the way you put yourself together you know but no one and, would know you were orthodox unless no, you told them right exactly yeah, yeah um one thing that you wrote which i really liked and i um and i've, I've discussed this with bambos quite often in our um just supporting business and discussions is when you started out you really said i'm going to deliver whatever i deliver for free that's what i've read here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i will allow it's almost like a, a drop in the pond I'll let that drop create the ripple and then that ripple will define where I go. But what I'll deliver great value and just, and I imagine like I would say, the only thing I'd ask is if you liked what I did, do me a favor and refer me forward. Like that's the only thing I'd ever ask anyone. It, right. Only if they're happy. Right, right. So one of the first things I, I, I designed, you know, was, uh, was a, a pizza store. It's kind of uh, like a cafe, kind of pizza, uh, a variety of different things. Um, and of course, when you don't have all that, you know, that, that all that work to show them that you did previously, yeah. just just pictures of your house, yeah. so, uh, you know, they're kind of taking a gamble. But when you say the word free to some people, they're like, oh, I'll take it. You know? yeah. Okay, it's worth the risk. Free? All right. So, so, um, and and first, if you if you. It's, it's, it's a ripple effect of people come in, everyone that came into the store, they kept going over to the owner like, wow, who designed this place? So it was free advertising. He, he kept giving out my number, everyone that walked in. That he was like, well, this is so cool. You hope um, the pizza is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was, it was. Does that place still exist, by the it way? It does. It does. Uh. It does. And it still looks good. It's and what's the name good. of the place? Just so I can look it up on Google afterwards. Okay. It's called J2 in, in, in Lakewood, New Jersey. I'll Lakewood, New Jersey. Okay. Nice. Um, so um, but people come, it, 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 especially in public spaces, um, I mean, you, when you have res, uh, residential uh, homes and you like your neighbors are coming in, families coming in, you have much more exposure in when you design an office or a restaurant, any any public space. You 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 have uh, you know more visibility. Sure. And so I was trying as much as I could in the beginning to get my name out there. You know, I was I was I was you know struggling at that time, like for for food, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but, but, uh, you know, I had to, I had to build up a portfolio. I had to, so I, and, 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 and p you know, people taking a risk using somebody that was inexperienced. So I really went Isn't above it, and beyond. I, I don't that. know how it is for you, but for me in my life, I will look back to the people who took a risk on me when I was at a very early phase of anything I was, and I'm always grateful for them. Like it, it could be 20 years ago, but I'll still call them to share with them how grateful I am for what they, uh, what they did to support me. There's a woman who, when I was 16 years old, she was catering and she put me and gave me a recipe and left. I mean, I don't even know if I would trust, I don't, thinking about a 16 year old, you've never cooked before, but here's the recipe. And then she, you know, I, I couldn't tell the difference between tea, teaspoons and tablespoons. So I screwed it up. But the, <laughs> but the point was, was that it was like, I will still call her today 
because I'm in such gratitude for her taking the risk on me. And I, I, I'm wondering, is that something you guys share or how is it? Cause so, so happens to be with this pizza store years later, uh, he actually calls me up. He says, Oh, uh, we're buying a piece of property. Can you design my house? Well, first I, 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 I don't like doing homes. Um, uh, but you know, cause women can drive you crazy. Um, but I actually said, oh, of course, I'll, I'll, of course I'll do your home, but, and, and I won't even charge you because you took that risk all yeah. those years ago, okay? Yeah. All those years ago, you, you gave me my first project, you gave me my first job, and you trusted me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. And I, I designed this whole house free of charge. Yeah. yeah, that's and what I, and, and that's so, when I do that in my life, those are the most gratifying moments because it's almost like that's the utter, that's the thank you. That's the, you know, I want nothing from you but for you because you've given that for to me, right? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful, those moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the people that believed in you, you have to go back. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have, you know, there's the one, there's even people in my life, which I don't even like them, but they gave me breaks and I still have to love them for that. You know, yeah, that, that's what he is for me. Um, he gave me a break when, when, yeah. when no one actually believed in me. Okay. Everyone was telling me, get a real job. <laughs> in photography. Yeah, but I, I didn't pay my bills and I was pretty much picking up leftovers from the organic market, like on the ground. Oh, wow. With a, with a hoodie, so no one would see me, and I was really eating uh, basic, basic. And uh, wow. yeah, he, he would he would kind he would be the person I talked to. He would be coaching me, mm. and in a way, because I had a lot of n negative dialogue already, and I was trying to push everyone away that was adding to that. He was the the voice in my head that was supportive. Right. Yeah. Uh, you you don't you you know you don't know uh, what some good words you know could do for people. It could really change them around. Yeah. And yeah. you know, rewind back when I was beginning and I was still you know starting out. My daughter back, she said she wanted to be a teacher. She kept saving like her favorite model lessons from her teachers. She kept putting them aside in like a loose leaf that she wants to one day, you know. She wants to one day use on her students. And I was like, oh, and I was struggling for her. I was like, why do you want to be a teacher? So much work, so little money. I was like, oh, I was, I, I was totally not encouraging to her. Okay. Mm. And, and, you know, like it's, it's not, a, it's not all about money today. I'm so proud of her. She's, you know, she, the, you know, the kids love her. She's, she's this fabulous teacher. She's a success because she's doing what she wants to be doing. Yeah. She followed her dreams, you know, and back then I was, I look at myself like, why did I, why, you know, like, you know, cause at that time I was, I, I was in that predicament str struggling for money and that's all yeah. I could, you know, think about. You know, but but if you do what you want to be doing, you're 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 a happy person, and money and money and money comes, and, and that's it's it's nothing to do with your happiness. You know, if you're if you're yeah. uh, following through on your on your you yeah. know childhood. But it's wishes. so hard to trust on that because just like you were to your daughter, everyone in some degrees wants to protect their children. My dad, you know, he ended up kicking me out of the house and saying I was dead and saying, we're not going to talk. We didn't talk for 10 years because he was so scared that I was going to make decisions where I couldn't support my life, which mm -hmm. is absurd when you think about it. He, he doesn't want me to go down a bad path. So he has to, he has to basically say you're dead. But I mean, it's weird. That's, is that That's how painful it was for him to witness you. Yeah. yeah. That's how painful yeah. it was for him to witness yeah. me. And it's amazing. The, the, like the almost the, the there's this moment when I you know I don't have a child so I can't but like where I feel like there's a surrender where you say this is not my life to live mm -hmm. and 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 I can't decide and help them and I can support them when they come to me but to control it I think that's that moment when when each each parent has to like say oh it's their life it's not mine right and uh, and and, yeah. and I think it, for each person it's got to be a rough a right. rough transition sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, so with the, with that, I see a lot of parents. They they're lawyers or doctors, and they push their kids to be lawyers and doctors too. Even <laughs> though that's not really like in their kids' uh, gut, you know, they they really, yeah. they just they just you know push that direction, and then years later they're miserable. You know, that's not really their calling. That's not really what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I see that mistake. You know, also like uh, 
with, you know, when I speak to, when I help people start businesses, you know, they're, they're, a lot of times their spouses are not encouraging, um, you know, to, to go and drop a job and follow up on a, on an old dream that you have is very scary. You know, it's a, it's a big risk to take. And, and, you know, a lot of spouses are like, no, 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 stay in this job. You know, even the, how miserable they are, just they happy with the steady paycheck. Yeah. It just, they like routine. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't, you know, so. And, it, and the one thing that I think is interesting about a spouse is that a spouse also sees the, the everything in that person, which, which the world doesn't see. So if I look at you as a spouse, I project onto you as, oh, I know that you're insecure. I know that you haven't done this before. I know. So basically, they take all of the things that they've projected onto them and say, you can't do this. But what's weird is if that person just says, I can do it, then all of a sudden they can do it. I mean, that's the absurdity of it. But that voice, as you say, like we often say in, in when you're doing your own personal development, mm-hmm. you often have to find new groups of friends because the old groups of friends are reaffirming all those negative ideas a lot of times that you can't do it because that's they haven't done it. And they need to uh, almost they have to have an excuse why they haven't. If you do it and they don't, then all of a sudden they feel bad in a way because they're like, hold on, I could have done it as well. So right. there is a degree of that as well. So, right. yeah, I totally hear you. And and because I do. Uh, my focus is healthcare design. Mm. Um, and I see all these old miserable people. Okay. So I tell, I, I tell people, I, you know, when I hear just somebody like, uh, there's this uh, young guy over here that in my neighborhood, uh, he worked, he was working years for our eyeglass store and his dream was to open up one on his own. But he's like, it's, it's just so convenient, you know, not to have the stress of your own place. I'm like, I, I say, I look at all these old people I see all the time. I go to a designer nursing home. Go look at all the, they're all miserable. They're all, because they didn't follow through with their dreams. They, they, they just stayed in a safe place. They yeah. were scared to take a risk and look at them now. And, you know, you don't, I keep telling you, you don't want to be like these people I see. You, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be happy at the end of your life that you fulfilled, you know, your, you know, all your desires, you, your dreams, you, your passions, you followed your passion. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's very sad to see. Yeah. And that's what makes me always come out and say, go for it, do it, you know, take the risks, you know, it's worth the struggle, you know, don't give up because I, this is what I see happens to you afterwards. You know, I, I end up seeing that I, I design hospices. Well, these people are not ending their lives, you know, with a smile, like I did it all, you know, I did my bucket list that this is not how it ends. It doesn't end well. And this is most of the people that I'm seeing. And I go all across the country here in the United States. So, and, and, you know, I, you know, make something for yourself, follow, follow that, you know, that, that itch, it's burning inside you to do something, just, you know, go for it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the, you know, they always, you know, those two drivers, right? The love and fear, you know, are, are you, are you, what's, what is the thing that that's holding you back or compelling you to do something? And I notice, especially as, when I spend time in the U.S., it is so inundated with fear um, from media uh, downwards. It's just mm-hmm. the system is mm-hmm. just so, so, so fear-based mm-hmm. that it, in some interesting way, there's this kind of strange paradox because in the U.S., it's a land of plenty dream it and you can do it. Like there's that, like this very, very go West young man, manifest Mm -hmm. destiny. And then on this other side, you've got this intense, be scared, you know, no one's there to protect you. So it's, it's almost like there's a very, very strong polarity there that Mm -hmm. I've experienced. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the brave ones. Yeah. So people do nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's the brave ones that, that, that actually make it. Yeah. yeah, it's the people. But but that, but then but then they'll they'll use sorry to it's a but then there's the guy who's homeless who you then see and then that one to say see that's what that's what can happen to you like that's the that's the the narrative that then gets them fear based again like oh my god at least I have a job at least I have health care at least and and so and and so it's really a it's really a, a yeah it's it's interesting and you die miserably yeah yeah, yeah you, you know you how would you rather live feeling as if you're just surviving or would you rather live? And, and I've often said that to my wife, cause we're a little bit different there. I'm, I'm more living on the edge of 
you know, I'll often say if I die tomorrow, it's great. And then she'll be like, no, it isn't because then I'm still <laughs> I'm still here. She says you're so selfish. But I mean, my point being that, like, there's nothing I'm not doing that I'm not loving. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and, and that's how we all should be. That's and that's what I would love. Yeah. 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 She puts time. She says, "Okay, we're gonna. I, I I have to do things I don't like so that at some point I can retire." Right? That's the that's the thing people do. Yeah. And then and, and then and, the retirement age always gets older, right? Because we don't have enough money in the healthcare or in the in the social security system. So I was like, now it's fifty five, but in another year it's fifty seven. Now it's sixty. Yeah. So you have yeah, to work. I, I I actually have a, a neighbor, a male. He's 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 a nurse. And um, he he puts in so many hours. He hardly sees his three kids. He puts in crazy hours all for retirement, retirement, retirement. That's all he ever thinks about is retirement. Okay. Now, his father died when of a heart attack when, when he was in his 30s. What I'm like, what makes you think that you're even going to live to your retirement also? Yeah. Who says you're even you're 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 not seeing your kids now? You're overworking for retirement that may never even come. Yeah, that thing that may or may not happen. But then you're so old, you can't even do the things you would have liked to have done because now you have to do cruise ships, places where you can stay sedentary for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I also want to add, though, everyone has their journey. Mm. And if someone needs to go through that to get an understanding before they die, then that's what they need to do. Yeah, right. Right, so, right. so, so in a way, sometimes I think it's very easy to look on the outside and say, Hey, you need to do this or live like this. Mm. But sometimes, um, what's valuable for us to live our dream and, and passion and innate calling for someone else might be, Hey, my family is the most important thing and I'll do it. Right. And even if I die at 30. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what I love about you, what I just have to share, just really appreciate you is that it's almost like, you're like an energy field and whatever, wherever you go, you're going to vibrate in a frequency that's going to create whatever is there to be created. It's almost like, I, I don't even. I was born to thrive. Yeah, I was born to thrive. And, and not if, just survive. Yes. And that's the, that, that's the, that's the, but it that's wasn't the thing. always that way. I, really I got changed that. changed my way of thinking. It, and, yeah. and you know what? So many times, so many things go wrong in life and so many, you know, so many curveballs, unexpected curveballs come and it's, it's just, and, and, and I'm not always this jolly and happy every single day, but I have to correct myself. It's, it's the thing that pulling yourself back, you know, turning, you know, course, I, you know, so many times like something will remind me of, you know, of something in the past or I did wrong or I want to change or I should have changed. And again, I have to pull. It's a constant battle of pulling yourself back in the right direction. It's not. It's not always, you know, so cheery dewy for me or for anybody. It's, yeah. It's it's the thing knowing like, to catch yourself when you fall the other direction. You know, catch yourself back and go back mm-hmm. on that. You know, positivity uh, train track. Yeah. You know? Entrepreneurship is tough. Like, it is. Like I have to say, I've been I've been going through a depression for the last two weeks. And it's, okay, call me after the show. <laughs> no, and and it, and, and, it, and it kind of forced me to slow down because in the past I would just plow through, and it's been like slowing down. And if I'm going to focus on working, working, but if at the moment I see fear kicking in, I'll stop working. Like I'll, I'll, I've been meditating now a hundred minutes a day just to go inside and feel what needs to be felt. Because I also realized I can earn and I can do, but it's not going to make me happy. It's like there's always something to hold on to. So I'm just, it, I, I just see every, what we would call a curveball, and I'm in the curveball moment right mm-hmm. now, is an opportunity to kind of self-discover. Yeah. So it's always a slowing down, slowing down. And I've, and I've never really slowed down in my life. This is the, actually the last two weeks just dedicating to the to uh, meditating and feeling has been uh, uh, a complete contrast of what I would normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be, become a success if you if you change if you just if you continue in the in the in the right direction. You don't get let yourself get pulled down, and you go look towards the future. If you look look ahead, and you will 
you know, succeed. If you just, it, it's just not giving up. You had that burning desire of accomplishing something, becoming a photographer, whatever it is, you know, yeah. it's just not as many rejections or uh, curveballs or unexpected things happening in your life. It, the, the key is picking yourself up and marching forward, not backwards. And, yeah. um, and, and good things will come. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. We send you a lot of love. And uh, yes, I really am grateful that you took the hour with us oh, yeah, me too. in the middle me of all too. the crazy. Me too. Thank send you. you a hug. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Guys. She was full of energy. I love this. Uh, this You can feel what that does when you're with it. Yeah. Like if you were going to, if I was just realizing, like if I had a project and I'm with someone that has that kind of charisma and that energy, I'm like, yeah, that's someone that I want to be around. That's someone that I want to be participating with. And that energy field is going to add to my energy field. And, you know, I just mm -hmm. felt like, yeah, interesting how you, you sense that. Yeah. yeah. So anyone watching this show will get an energy boost. Yeah. And we, and we went in so many different directions that it was uh it was uh it was four shows packed in one on this one, so I I, uh, I feel like the words were compressed as well. It's almost like I feel like there were more words per minute on this show than any other show we've done. <laughs> cool. It's always a wonderful, and it's always a chaos that that we are always certain of. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that.